Welcome to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast, where we're going to talk about, do souls make you gassy? Purple nurple. Does Richard Spate have a really cold penis? And your regular reminder, don't be a dick. Let's do this. this week's episode of devil's trap podcast i'm diana i'm liz and we're going to talk this week about season two episode 15 tall tales mm-hmm. How are things? things are good just staying busy um you know just uh getting uh whiplash from uh covid restrictions in dallas and uh trying to keep trucking along i uh had the pleasure of going to a really fun show on Saturday night. That was my big outing of the weekend, which was 1100 Springs. They're getting ready to uh, retire from playing. Their band is break. The band's breaking up. So they've got a handful. Haven't they of done sh- that like 90 times? Well, they put out a new album last year and they were going to kind of get back at it. And it was going really well like, from the, all impressions, but um, they're just, they're just time to move on kind of attitude. And so they um, they're doing like kind of a little run of hometown shows right now. And so this is a big outdoor concert at Double Wide and uh, got to go hang out there for a little bit after I caught um, uh, an Austin native named Lindsay Beaver and um, her fiance, Brad Stevers, who performed together. They opened for a little run of shows with um, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy, um, but they, uh, they, they played at um, a venue in Dallas too. So I got to pop by there and see them and say, hi, good music. If you want to listen to some Texas kind of rockabilly uh, with the good, good people as well as 1100 Springs, obviously. And then, uh, yeah, so that's, that's, that's mainly my weekend. Uh, now I'm drinking wine and talking to Liz. <laughs> uh, well, since you're drinking wine, I mean, I was going to tell you what I did this weekend, which is very exciting, but I, instead, I think I'm going to tell you what I'm drinking. Oh. What I'm drinking. What are you drinking? I'm drinking a purple nurple. <gasps> you're drinking a purple nurple. <laughs> Awesome. So there are a ton of recipes for this online, but I went with the one that was on the Supernatural Wiki. Um, and the, but like, if you look it up, like it's like every kind of alcohol. Like some of them are like vodka, rum, gin, whiskey. I'm like, what the fuck is in a purple nurple? But so I went, and I also just want to see how many times we're going to count this episode. How many times we say purple nurple, dick, and penis? Because those are the things that are going to just that are going to be in our mouths a lot. Wait. Uh, okay. Scratch reverse. Um, okay. We're just forget what I said. Just leave it alone. Yeah. Just leave it alone. Okay. So I made the purple nurple with uh, coconut rum, which I use the high coconut rum. And then um, they called for triple sack, but I had orange liqueur, which is better. So orange liqueur. And I went to spec specifically to buy blue curacao and then uh, cranberry juice. So this will like keep you from getting UTI from all the dicks and the penises, you know? So there you go. <laughs> um, it's a health drink, if you will. Yeah, it's actually pretty tasty. But I mean, most things you mix with the coconut rum or gonna be i thought it was gonna be a shot and i was like prepared i'm like okay well, what do i have like after that but i was like oh this is actually big enough for a glass yeah, cocktail a sipping a sipping shot <laughs> yeah but i do have a spare glass of wine just in case i drink all of this because you never know how long we're gonna go through but, uh, so the thing i was gonna tell you this weekend uh i watched all the jurassic park movies for the first time because i've never seen them wait what I, 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 I've not seen. I've seen. I haven't seen all the like the newer ones, but at least the original. Yeah, I kind of made a conscious thing that I never watched it, and then now I was like, okay, there's just too many references I missed. So, and, and you also, like dinosaurs. But yeah, I mean, I decided that I do want a pet raptor, and I, I came up with her name, but I forgot what it was. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have a pet raptor, and oh, I know it was because of Chris Pratt. Damn it. 
Oh, little Sebastian, because Chris Pratt is in the new movies. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to raptor and I'm going to name her little Sebastian. I mean, girl, and her name is going to be little Sebastian. And then we can sing the little Sebastian song as she, as she runs away. Um, (laughs) I also decided that the Chris Pratt, uh, Jurassic Parks, the new ones, they're made, they're Hallmark movies. Like the formula Uh, for them are the Hallmark Christmas movies, just with less Santa. Because it really was like, oh, we have a corporate woman who is way too busy in her life to deal with things. And then her ex from the past is going to come in and show her, remind her why she does this. And I was just like, holy shit, like this is a Hallmark movie. This is terrible. The first one is so good, though. The first one. Well, and the music it, is so good in it too. The score is good. I, I'm really biased towards the score. I have to add this because in when I was in band in junior high for seventh and eighth grade, no, I didn't go to band camp. No jokes about that. But we did play the Jurassic Park theme song. And so I played my part on my bassoon in junior high. I forget what shitty things I played on my clarinet. They they were likely really shitty. Yeah. I also never went to band camp. So I also Yeah. Was that fair use? What the fuck? How'd you get licensing for that? I'm surprised mm. Steven Spielberg yeah. wasn't knocking down the junior like, high door. I, I'm like, bitch, where's my money? Cease uh, desist. I, some some educational workaround. I don't know what they did. But yeah, we had the sheet music. That's what we did. That's pretty crazy. You've never seen that before. We started a new show this weekend that I'm hoping we'll commit to. That's mine is Shadows and Bone because I'm reading the books right now. Oh, the books are really good. I haven't, I haven't I'm almost watched the done. TV I'm show. almost done with the third one. But yeah, I haven't watched the show. Like my friend said it was really good, but he didn't read the books. Yeah. And it's one of those, I don't know if I want to watch it. I'm in the, we watched the first episode and I am on the fence as someone that loves the books right now because yeah. I haven't finished the last one, but yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. I figured that's in our vein of obviously that if you're listening to this, you figured out that we like a lot of like our sci-fi fantasy crap. So it all ties in. There we go. But, yep. but so- I'm intrigued, but it's hard to really not like, it's hard to watch a thing like that with someone who's never seen the, like read the books or anything. Like it's good. If like, do you have both people have, it's kind of like what we do. So it's kind of, that's why I think it's funny. Yeah. Like if both people have neither point of, like no point of reference, that's one thing. And if someone's like coming in fresh and the other person's really good at like, no, you must learn as you go. That works really well. That's not what happens when me and my husband sit and watch a show when I've read all the books, just so you know. <laughs> I'm like, no. So she's actually, this, this stuff, that's not actually what's in the books. That's not what happened. And I don't know exactly who this character is. They just totally made this shit up. Like, I'm, I'm not good at that. So I need to learn how to shut my mouth and just watch the show and then make comments later. Well, it's also been long enough since I've read the books that likely I won't remember anything yeah. and then I'll come back. I do want to go back and finish watching Discovery of Witches. I haven't done that yet. I haven't watched the new season. Yeah, I haven't either. So, but yeah. Well, let's talk yeah. about the show that you, that Supernatural. You know, we're yeah. about. Supernatural. Oh. Tall Tale, season two, yes. episode 15, uh, that first aired fe- February 15th, 2007. Uh, so this was the day after Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is directed by Bradford May, and this is the only episode of Supernatural he did. But he also directed The Monster Squad and Tremors. So huh. like two like really great movies from the 80s that are campy and horror. And I also was like, oh, man, I haven't seen Tremors in a long time. And I remember Tremors being really funny. So I think I need to rewatch it. I don't, I've never seen it. Yeah, so, okay. So now you, you need to watch it. But yeah, and it were written by John Siobhan, who we've talked about before. So yeah, let's get into this. Let's start off at, at Crawford Hall, the, the girl who's not dressed appropriately. Not for the weather at all. I well, will do a, my quick, um, before we get into the story, but the quick uh, cast update, it, the interesting thing about the two first two characters we see, we see the girl that's not dressed appropriately, who's played by uh, Tara Wilson, who was also Ruth on Once Upon a Time. And... The gentleman we see, um, who we find in a minute is a professor, is played by Barclay Hope, who was uh, Clifford Blossom on Riverdale. And he had also had bit parts in Once Upon a Time. So there we go. Um, yeah. So guy walks up, woman's inappropriately dressed for cold weather and tying a shoe. Uh, and that she's waiting for him. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I just want to talk to you. Okay. With your very revealing dress and very cold weather 
uh, not going to a club. That's when you get a pass. So, <laughs> and yeah, so, but you, you go in the door and then you have like, yeah, like exactly you not like hanging out outside, tying your shoe in the cold then. Yeah. Um, and so basically they go up to his office and he's in uh, the, we found out the professor's name is Arthur Cox. He wrote a book called, um, uh, modern Mora- mortality, morality, not mortality. <laughs> no, I was going to say the wrong one. Yeah. I was like, Oh yeah. my gosh. Uh, which is ironic. And then, um, basically shocking. She's not one of his students though. He thought she was. And then they go for an awkward makeout. So this is a professor who is making out with somebody he thought was a student or is at least uh, the yeah. age group of his students. Let me let me describe how how I wrote my notes on this <laughs> disturbing scene between professor and girl hitting on him and then him hitting on her. Vom vom vom. Ew! Stop touching her and saying things like "I respect you too much" while you oh, kiss her. Yeah, so gross, 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 gross. Oh it God! So it was gross. That, oh, so uncomfortable and disgusting. Yeah. But then she gets decomp face, and I'm like, yeah, girl. Yeah. Like just show him yep. all your nastiness. Do you want to lick my wounds, dude? Like. <laughs> Yeah, she gets like full rot going on that face and like, don't you want me? He does not, apparently at that point. And there's an open window and then we see uh, somebody, um, uh, the janitor locking the building and um, out of the front doors and you see the professor fall out the window of his office and go kerplunk on the stone stairs. Okay, so our janitor is played by the Richard Spade, who everybody in Supernatural fandom loves, and he hosts all the cons, and so I don't feel like it's spoiler telling you, Diana, he'll be back. What? <laughs> so, yeah, um, I couldn't tell that at all. I'm just teasing. Yep, I love him. I love his podcast, uh, Kings of Con. Uh, everybody should listen to that one too. After you listen to ours, of course. But uh, yeah, just I, I am in love with Richard and Rich, as he is called on his normally to his friends. I'm not his friend, whatever. Um, but yeah, okay. So Richard, Rich is there, and he take, the guy took a small dive, and then I put womp womp. womp, <laughs> oh, womp. So sorry, you're dead. Not really. So, all right. So one week later, the King's Lair Hotel, which looks kind of crappy on the outside, kind of like gross inside, but cool still. So that weird balance of like hotel, we're like, I don't know if I'd actually want to stay there, but it's kind of cool looking. So maybe I would if it was, like, I don't know. That, well, I think what made the room cool was the beds. Like it yeah. had really cool beds. It did. Very cool. Big headboards, like, yeah, pretty beds. Oh, tufted. Yes. But didn't that also make it harder to sanitize? I'm just saying. Anyways, somebody pointed that out about like, big shared tufted bed headboard recently and i was like oh what are you doing on your headboard i don't know i mean like Uh, like, i don't touch my headboard i know i don't know it just upset me thinking about a shared headboard like that like hotel anyways so yeah um and uh (laughs) walk away by the james gang is playing in this scene at at the start of the scene and uh not shocking. Sam's doing research and Dean's eating cheese fries in Sam's bed. Sam's Those fries look awesome. They looked really fucking good. <laughs> I was like, mm, do I need some cheese fries? Um, and Sam is, um, Sam starts bitching about not having, in addition to bitching about Dean eating cheese fries in his bed, he's also bitching about not having his computer and blaming um, Dean for it. Ask Dean to turn that into music and Dean being contrarian that he has turned music up. So obviously our brothers are not on good terms at the start of this episode, basically, is the summary we're getting. Yeah, um, but, for, but for a change, like the not on good terms is not like, kill me, don't kill, I don't want to kill you. Now right. it's like, it's, it's more nitpicky. just, it's brother, is what happens if you Siblings. are with your brother for too long. But, yeah. Yeah. Like start just nitpicking and picking and bitching. Yeah, that whole thing. So um and then Dean references that he wants, or they say that Dean wants to leave, but he references that the car is screwed up and my heart dropped a little bit. Yeah, something's wrong upset. with baby. Something's wrong with baby. Very distressed. They did not give enough information at this point in time about the vehicle. And so I spent a very long portion of this episode. It takes a minute to get to the car to figuring out what happened. I was pretty upset that they yeah. dragged me out of yeah. that. Uh, but I mean, people, they not understand the dedication people have to baby. I'm just saying. Uh, and then there's a knock at the door and Bobby. Yay, Bobby. For the record, my husband did watch this episode with me because Liz suggested she's like, he'll like it. And he did, except he gets annoyed because I pause a lot because I'm taking notes. But he's like, I like that character. Like, everybody likes Bobby. Yes, we all like Bobby. We're no all Bobby. fans of Bobby. Team Bobby. Yep. Yes. So um, 
basically the brothers called Bobby out because they're like, look, we need your help. We can't figure this shit out. Uh, this, yeah. The professor took the dive from the supposedly haunted, from a supposedly haunted building, we find out. So there's, this building has some rumors about it being haunted and they found that out from his obituary and that's how they ended up there was following along with that. So yeah. Um, so we get our first flashback and we're going to have yes. a lot of them, which makes it's going to kind of weird to talk about, but we can do it. We can do it. And it's, not, it's not even just a regular flashback. It's a flashback of them, t- their own individual perception of retelling their of the stories. P- so, their own POV. Uh, and then it's also brilliant. Like the, yes. the POVs of like, so this well is done. How, yeah. All right. So we're going to flash back to a bar and we've got a chick and a, this guy in a varsity jacket. And I think, what is his name? Fucking Craig or something. I don't know. I just like keep this jock in there. But you're in college, dude. Like, why are you wearing your varsity jacket? Like, that's a little lame. Yeah. Nobody, you don't get a varsity jacket in college. Like, give it up, Craig, Cliff, whatever the fuck your name is, Chad. I don't, whatever. Oh. Yeah, and they're trying to ask these students why they think the professor, they're his students, I guess, why he jumped off this uh, out of his window. Um, and, and we've pieced together at this point, too, that he was kind of philandering. This guy had a reputation for it. This professor was, you know, has had a family and was like fucking around. But And he they, was a professor of morality. So fuck yeah. this guy. Yeah. Fuck your so, morality. The girl, though, starts telling the story about how 30 years ago there was a, there's a a, a urban legend that 30 years ago a girl had an affair with a professor and got rejected and jumped out of a window out of room office number 669 and if you turn the nine upside down you get six although i prefer 669 <laughs> um I, that that is a much preferable thing for me but um so and again like i, I do kind of like the twists and turns so this is like you're like oh is this going to be an urban legend because you're like like ghost story mm-hmm. urban legend i don't know what's happening what is going on? Where is Dean? Like, what did they give up? Dean's going to go start shooting purple nurples. That's what he's doing. He's hanging out with Starla. With the lovely There's Starla. The, a feisty little wildcat. Yeah. Who, as she's drinking her purple nurples, vomits in her mouth. Totally. And it's hilarious. But this is Sam's retelling of the story, which... I'm pretty sure I told on here a couple of weeks ago that I vomited my mouth when I was Bella. So <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm like, Sarla, I don't judge you. Like we all do that occasionally. Yeah, maybe her purple nurple was warm. And you know. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> Uh, and yeah so dean is offended by sam's retelling of this and has his own take and insists that uh her name was not starla but he doesn't remember what her name was but that she was very classy and they were having a deep conversation and then um she was a grad student talking about legends and they have a deeply romantic kiss interrupted by sam which is funny because then like in the, in Dean's retelling of this, he's talking about Sam interrupting them and you actually have like Sam's tongues like, Hey, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. But then he actually goes, it's Sam going blah, 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 blah. And it's really funny. It is. It was very well done. I don't think I recreated it well, but there we go. Blah, 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 blah. That, that is the, the, that is the scene. But I also think that it's just, you know, the most uptight and nerdy version of Sam is done really well. And I think we'll see like through this episode too, like their comic timing is like on point. Really good. It's edited for like the timing of just the edits of, in this as I burp into the microphone. Um, sorry, that's a purple nurple coming up. Um, blame the purple nurple. Blaming the purple nurple for a lot of things. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was just like the timing of this was so good. And Jared Pedal, mm-hmm. you did a really great job of like the uptight nerds. And then we switch back to the, the, the hotel. Real time. Real yeah. time with real Bobby. Time now. Yep. Bobby interrupts and he's like, what is and he basically just, he's like, what is going on with you two? Like, why are you why are you nipping at each other and like snipping at each other like this? So um, Sam cuts back and wants to, Sam wants to go, it talks about how they went back to the property to go check out what was going on there uh, at the Crawford Hall where the um, professor had jumped out the window and the janitor um, let them in and with their EMF reader to go. And they're trying to make up some story about how they're like, oh, it's to rewire the room. 
But okay, I, I also need to tell you what my notes say about this because mine's mine are very different than yours. <laughs> mine says flashback to them investigating the gross professor's office led by the oh so bankable Richard Spake. Damn, so hot. That's what my notes say. And then I'm and then we've got Dean with his mouth like just slowly getting more and more stuffed with snacks. <laughs> so full of like I think it was candy, candy right? Candy, yeah. yeah. It's like it's like somebody shoved like two entire Snicker bars in his mouth at once. It's ridiculous. And he's just like, just mumbling through it. So uh, the janitor tells them basically, yeah, I saw a girl with him. And he, that guy gets more ass than a toilet seat. (laughs) And I'm just hoping that Dean only laughed at at that because it was Sam's POV. So I'll give give Dean like a douche pass on this one because it's a terrible thing to say. And Mm -hmm. I'm just like, no, Sam just thought that Dean would think it was funny. And that's why he left. So that's my, that's what I'm going with. Okay. But he does confirm that there is no room 669 because there's only four stories in the building. So, um, and then we see Sam with his laptop looking at the history of the building and suicides in the, from the building. And, uh, apparently, um, the laptop is frozen on busty Asian, uh, Yep. So, Bus, those damn bussy Asians, they, they just keep fucking shit up in this in this series. But yeah, yeah. so apparently, so he's accusing Dean of fucking up his laptop. Yeah, um, you're, you're going to get the porn malware. This is what's going to happen. Uh, it is what it is. Um, so it's the dice roll you take. Uh, it's the so, dice roll you take, especially in 2000. What is it? Was 2007. 2007. Oh, yeah. Like all uh, those. Free porn then was not not the the level of, of class we have today in our, our free porn sites. Um, <laughs> anyway, so back to present day. Bobby wants to know if they found any history and they haven't found anything about this building that they can document. Um, even like the urban legend that the chick told them they haven't really found any evidence of. Um, but they then they say, but we did see something that was they didn't see it, but they know about it happening. And it was weird, quote, even for us, which I was amused by. Yep. So um, we cut back to another flashback. And this is a, the, um, you know, your, your favorite jock. The dumb earlier. jock. Yeah. Dumb jock. <clears throat> walking on, and Craig, I think is his name. He's walking on the campus at night by himself. And he hears something in the sky above him. And there's kind of a light following him. And I'm like, oh, is it a ghetto bird? <laughs> but it's not, not a ghetto bird. That was like, oh, that's weird. Ghetto bird. Um, sorry, we had a lot of police helicopters in my neighborhood sometimes. Uh, so, but all of a sudden, it is a uh, a light pulling him up, kind of like a UFO or like a UFO abduction. We're like, so Bobby's like cuts back to Bobby. And he's like, no way is it aliens. Yeah, and my, I was like, believe Bobby, believe. I, I want to believe. I want to believe. <laughs> so. We cut back to the brothers, uh, back flashing back again. Um, who, by the way, Curtis, our friend here, excuse me, is his name, is played by uh, by David Tom, who was in Swing Kids and Stay Tuned. Oh, Swing Kids! I've heard of that movie in a long time. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so basically, <clears throat> he said that you won't believe. They're interviewing Curtis. He's like, you won't believe me. Nobody does. He lost, he blacked out. He lost time. He woke up, didn't know where he was. Um, but there's like the, in this, they're showing us like flashes of him kind of like on like a, some kind of a medical ish bed and says that they did tests and they probed him again and again (laughs) and again and again and again. again. Yeah. It's a lot of agains. And And one more time. And Dean Dean says some alien made you his bitch. Oh, so sad. And then they made him slow dance. dance. (laughs) (laughs) So you've got this image of a gray slow dancing with Craig, uh, when I say Curtis, excuse me, to Lady in Red with a disco ball. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, and then they cut to just like these great shots between Dean and Sam and just their faces of like them trying to understand the The slow slow dance. dance. Probe. They're like the probing, like you're kind of on board with, but now you're you're slow dancing. That, that's where it got weird for everybody. Yeah, that's that, that's, that's what made it weird. Crossed, Just in case you like, that crossed oh, the line. Abduction, probing, everybody's like, all right, whatever. We're just gonna accept this. But the slow dance, that is what pushed it over the ledge of it is, believability. It is. But yeah. Um, so yeah, so 
Bobby's like, are you sure you're not? Like, we got back to real time. He's like, are you sure you're not exaggerating this or that Curtis isn't nuts? And they're like, uh, they're pretty sure because they go take, they go back to the campus and um, cut the campus. And there's like full on crop circle in the middle of like the lawn at the school. Uh, and they're like, well, it couldn't really be a jet engine. So they're, the brothers are kind of like trying to figure out first a haunting now aliens. So they're going to go talk to Curtis's friends like they do. And there's this like really bad retelling, obviously from Dean's point of view of Sam overly comforting <laughs> Curtis's roommate with like a real weird hug moment. Real, Acknowledging awful. his pain. And okay. also though, but this is also a lot of times how I view Sam. So I'm just like, yeah, no, he's over. Yeah, no, totally. I, I'm on board with this Dean. I think you're right. So, um, and then, uh, Dean tells Sam, he's like, yeah, you're always saying pansy stuff like that. So, um, so the friend that they're talking to is like, look, Curtis deserved this. He's our pledge master for our fraternity. He put us all through fucking hell. So now like the brothers are piecing together. Wait, so Curtis and this professor were both fucking assholes. They're dicks. So yeah, they are both dicks. That is a quote from the show. So that's the second time dicks. Okay. I don't know. We probably can't have the counter for dicks, 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 dicks. Uh, Cause I've just said it 17 times, but okay. So they're both dicks. Yeah. And then we, and then we find out that Sam's laptop is missing. Oh bum, no. Bum, bum. When they get back to the room. Yes. And so they're, but and Sam's pissed and like looking for it, but they're also, while they're looking for it, they're also discussing these poetic punishments of a philandering professor has, you know, dies after an interaction with a girl, the frat dude basically gets hazed. <clears throat> so in this, Sam's accusing also Dean of doing something to his laptop, like for real accusing him now and compares his laptop to the Impala. Like, how would you like if I did something to baby? So we cut back to real time and Bobby's like, look, Dean, did you take the fucking laptop? He's like, no, he didn't take okay. it. I have one note and I think it's because something Sam said, but I just have oh, a note okay. that says, why are Dean's dirty socks in the sink? And oh yeah, there was, he, yeah. <laughs> Sam goes through a whole like list of like fi filing of grievances against Dean's like poor living choices. And yeah, but I was just like, why was he washing them in the sink? Like, how how do how do your socks end up in the sink? Like, I have never once put a sock in the sink. I, I don't think I I'm either. very confused. Yeah, no, it was weird. That's a very confusing life choice. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I get that they're like on the roads; so they may not have access to washer and dryer all the time. But you either buy more socks or something. I don't know. But yeah, um, so Dean, Bobby asked Dean straight up, "Did you take the laptop?" Dean's like, "No." So um, they cut to, and they've said, then they've got another situation that they've got to talk about though, where it, they've got like, now there's this research scientist who's into animal testing. There's another you know, dick. Yeah. You know, a dick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he's walking out of the, we, we see them telling the story that, that he's walking out of his building. He sees something in a drainage grate. It's like a watch. So he's like, I don't know, like lays down on the ground to reach into this grate for this watch. I'm like, who does that? Anyway, who does that? I mean, no, I like, I don't give a fuck what sounded like a grain. Like, it could be like a million dollars down to zero grain, not putting my goddamn hands in it. It would take a lot for that. A lot. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, you so. get whatever is beyond testing of animals, gross, but also you put your hand in there. Like, yeah, that's where it the clown lives. We all know that. So something's going to happen to you. <sighs> And then, uh, so something attacks his arm while he's reaching into this grate and we see a lot of blood and splatter. And then they talk about how there was no cause of death released. So of course they have to break into the morgue to find out what happened to him. And he's, uh, all that's left is a few like stumps of limbs and that's a lot of blood. And then they, uh, say something must've been hungry. Ooh. Yeah. Also a note on the stumps of limbs, limbs, and this is a note that had nothing to do with this. Maybe I was high when I was doing this as possible. Um, but so when I was looking at things for my California trip, I found this one town that has uh, like all these movie props and stuff. And you can get a life-size dummy of like a mangled person for like $800. Like full on. Yeah, looking, that's, like, fairly, that's fairly affordable. I was like, what? That's only $800? Like, think of all, and like, you can get all sorts of things. Like, they can be, like, normal dummies, or they could have, like, face mangled, like, for a car crash, and, like, all these. It was, like, only eight. Surprisingly affordable. Very reasonable. I'm like, this seems like a reasonable amount of money for a prank. So, I'm not sure what prank I can do with this life-size dummy, but it could yeah. be good. 
I don't want it at my house. I mean, we were talking about a ham prank, but a ham prank's at least delicious. That, that's not that's not even delicious. What is it? What is the so for those of you who are like what the fuck that, a ham prank? What what is is a prank? Is this is a prank themed episode. I mean, to an extent. Yeah. So yeah, we were we were. I went my exciting night out last week. I went to Costco, and they have a hamon on a hamon. It's like a 14 pound ham leg on a wooden stand and it comes with a knife. And I'm like, uh, my husband would fucking love this. I'm like, I like, I'll, I'll enjoy Like, it's like, come on. It's, you know, like a pursuit of ham, whatever. I, I like it, but I'm not like, oh my God. Yes. It's not my like excitement food, but he fucking loves it. And I know you like it a lot too. So I was like, mm, I might buy, I might spend a hundred bucks on a fucking 14 pound ham leg to put in my kitchen. I don't know. I don't know. And then, yeah, and then I just started talking about randomly delivering it to her house <laughs> after she passed it up. And then, yeah. like, where would it, where would the ham live? Like, and then I was like, no, like, we should just put it in her husband's office and then have it behind him. And again, I'm all a fan of like never mentioning why something is there on a Zoom meeting <laughs> and just, just have having this like giant slice of ham. And everyone's small, he reaches over and like cuts off a slice and eats it. No, like, during a meeting, yeah. during a video chat. I think everybody on his Zoom calls would greatly appreciate some ham nibbling. I'm sure. I'm sure. It, yeah. it'd, be, it'd be deeply entertaining. But yeah, uh, so there we go. That's our that's our our detour on our our prank <laughs> our prank ham. <laughs> well, I, I will also say detour like there are many ham pranks. There was oh <laughs> fuck I forget the name of we what we named the shot, but in New York we used to like ask somebody if they wanted to do a. I wish I remember what we called it. It sounded something like a regular shot. Oh, ham dangler. We'd be like, do you want to do a, would you like to do a shot of ham dangler? And they're like, yeah. So then somebody would go to the bodega next door to the bar and go buy some ham. And then we would put down a, uh, basically a shot of like cheap brock gut whiskey and a can of PBR and then have them like, okay, so drink, do the shot. So they do the shot of rocket whiskey. Then they would shotgun the PBR and then we'd slap them in the face of ham. <laughs> That's amazing. Doesn't stop being funny. Like no. it, it's it's always fun. It, it only works on people who don't know, but like watching somebody get hit in the face with deli meat is always funny. It just yeah, is. It's, it's, it's I mean, like a tortilla slap is always also always funny. Tortillas, but, yeah. Tortilla but, slaps are great, but ham also but ham, is it's like a little bit damper. Got some moisture to it. Oh my god. That's amazing. I like it. Yep. Right. I, I've lived well. Okay, so we're ham, in the morgue. Ham jokes aside. Ham jokes aside. So oh. we're dying on this. Um, we find out that the researcher's office was in Crawford Hall where all this yep. stuff was happening. And they found a belly scale from an alligator in one of the wounds. Um. Okay, so Sam, what the fuck? How do you identify like a... Like what forensic school did you go to where they teach you like scales of an alligator? How the fuck do you know the scale? I thought it looked kind of like a guitar pick. So, I mean, it shows how good I am at this shit. Looking at a random thing. Yeah. I'd be like, cool. There's like, how do you know this? Like, And and I really don't understand how one would get embedded in the skin while the alligator's eating it. It's not like the alligator like crawled across it. I'm just saying. Well, I mean, if you think about how alligators eat their prey, they typically like they drag them down and they roll them around a bunch. So alligator roll. That's true. I didn't think about the alligator roll. Yeah. Ew, alligator roll in the sewer. The the body must have smelled really bad. Well, also like it was just his hand. Like how did the rest of him get in the sewer? That grate was not like the holes in it were, it was like a small sewer drain. Like it was not like, a, like the open concrete one on the ground, like a person can slide in. This was like where it's got like one inch, like slats. Like I could surprised he got his hand in there to try to get that dumb watch. Yeah. But, Oh, okay. I don't know how this happened. This know, is right? what I do not <laughs> believe. This is the wrong know. type of sewer. <laughs> wrong type of sewer. Damn it. This is this is where I suspend belief and get mad. Yeah. yeah. Fourth wall is broken. The show is over and done. <laughs> so they decide that this ties into the urban legend of an alligator in a sewer. So now we kind of have three urban legends though, which is kind of interesting. That's where they're like, "What the fuck? We're calling Bobby." So they call Bobby. Oh, Bobby. And they start telling Bobby how they searched the sewers. And when Dean came out of the sewers, that's when he found that someone had flattened baby's tires. So now we found out the mystery is solved. We know what happened to baby. Which is totally fixable. So I'm not as upset now. It is, but also I agree. I agree with Dean that this can fuck up your rims. 
So, and also all four tires, like at least like it was air let out and not slashed because then you would have to right. buy new tires. I don't know what type of tires baby would require. Um, I mean, I'm assuming you could do kind of regular street tires. I don't, I'm just see some of my fancy tires. So yeah. I'm like, I don't know what normal cars have. I'm like, Oh, what, what a normal yeah, people drive it, on. It just, just depends like how he's got it set up, but I would assume that he has semi-regular tires on it. I mean, as rough as he is on it, it would be silly to have fancy tires. Yeah, I'm, I'm it's sure. Very impractical for the amount of highway driving they do. I'm just saying. Um, yeah. So. yeah. So Dean finds out all the tires are flat and that Sam dropped his wad. So I just had to. Mm, you just had, you had to. You had to. There's a money clip on the ground full of cash, which is and had uh, Sam's initials. Yep. So he said, so Dean's pissed, goes inside yelling at Sam saying this is part of like, he thinks it's part of the prank war. Um, and uh, Dean says he's gonna keep all the money to buy new tires if he needs them more wheel or, or rims if he needs them. So they're fighting and there's a very funny freeze frame of them fighting together at this point. Yep. So they have a brother spat over the money, and then finally Bobby is just going to tear them a new one for being yep. idiots. Yep. Yep. He's like, Dean didn't take the computer. Sam didn't touch your car. Pull your heads out of your asses. It's clear that you're dealing with a trickster. Yeah, a trickster on your hands. Trickster. All right, so we're going to start off with the Bobby lore, and then we can go into the regular lore. Mm. So I'm not sure where we want to put our lore jingle. Do you want to do you want to get okay? So Bobby Lore says that tricksters create chaos and mischief and has the guys turned around and is playing them. The tricksters are like demigods, immortal, and can create things out of thin air. They target the high and mighty and can look like lots of things, but mostly human. So let's go into the other lore. So what is a trickster? So they can be pretty much anything. You know, they can be people, gods, animals. If they're going to be animals, though, they're usually going to be the sneaky ones, like foxes or coyotes or spiders, like the one Bobby mentions. And so Bobby talks about, yeah, Anasazi, and obviously Loki is the most well-known trickster. We get some Tom, he'll dance. they're usually male, and if they're human or demigods, they're generally attractive, but they're really not like big and like full of like muscles and shit. They usually like they're like they're like Loki in the in the Marvel movies, you know, like like a slight build. Kind yeah, of and so the brains are really like what makes them, and so they're clever. Uh, they're very charismatic. Illusions and disguises are usually a pretty solid trademark, but if they aren't magical, then they're costume gurus. So they're always they're into disguises and just fooling people. Um, they love breaking rules and questioning authority. Safeties. <laughs> um, they can find a loophole in the wording of any rule and they can trick you into signing all of your power and fortune away with an agreement that is just tricking you, right? Uh, according to Professor Geller from mythology.net, unlike heroes, tricksters are usually morally questionable. They may lie, cheat, or steal to get what they want and their ends don't justify their means. A trickster is a character who uses wits rather, rather than strength or authority to accomplish his goals. So yeah, okay, I'm like kind of on board with that. However, I like this version by Tim Callahan better, who says his one constant characteristic is appetite. He is governed by a desire to immediately satisfy his bodily urges, both gastric and sexual. Often, therefore, he is a phallic deity. So we got penises. More penises are coming. Yes. I was uh, like, oh, so they're super hedonistic. And then you're like, penis. <laughs> well, he's a phallic deity. Penis. Yeah. So we have, for example, the Winnebago trickster, what Jesus Christ, what Junkaga is W A K D G D J U N K A G A. I don't know why there is a K followed by a D and a J because that's just not a, a way we spell things. But um, so this trickster keeps his incredibly long penis rolled up in a box that he carries on his back, and yet at one so wait, point, hold on, his dick's in a box. His dick in a box. He's a dick in a box. Um, at 
one point, though, he does turn himself into a woman and marries the chief's son and bears him and bears him children. So I mean, it's kind of asexual here. Um, he also like there's a lot of like fart things that happen with a lot of tricksters. Mm-hmm. So uh, what Junkaga uh, tells his anus to guard his recent kill while he sleeps. The anus tries to wake him up by breaking wind when a fox steals the food, but he sleeps through it. When he does wake up to find his food gone, he punishes his anus by burning it. I want to screenshot <laughs> Diana's face. <laughs> like the, the, the fart defense failed. The fart defense did not work, so then you set your ass on fire. That's how I feel like I think that's a questionable choice on how to be upset about that. Like, uh, yeah, I know. And it's also, I love the anthropomorphization, like, of his anus. Like, yeah. It's just like his asshole is like a thing. And like, I will punish you. I will set you on fire. Um, another good example of a trickster. He could have just kid- gone to Taco Bell. Sorry. He could have just gone to Taco Bell. Um, another good example of a trickster is the kitsune um, and this is a japanese fox trickster and they are often in the form of young women who lead men to sexy time and then drain them of their vitality Uh, upon having their deceptions revealed uh, discovered their true form is revealed and they often break wind as they make their escape so they're like haha i'm caught so they fart and then they run away so so they're so because i'm sure generally speaking when we talk about like taking their vitality we're usually talking about like usually bodily fluids right i'm kind of like so so wait so like they're gonna like they're they're gonna like I'm just trying to think about how to state nicely and I lost it. So we're just not, so they're going to like consume a bunch of their cum and then fart. Is that kind of what we piece together here? Is that the well, implication? Well, kind of like, well, like that they're, I guess maybe like whatever they're taking makes them gassy. Um, and I, I, but really it's more of like a succubus type thing. So, you okay. know, like I'm, I'm consuming your soul, okay. but apparently I'm souls saying- also, souls make you gassy. So, <laughs> but I also just imagine that they go back into their fox form. And so you have this really cute fox like farting and running away. And it is like the best idea. Like this cartoon needs to happen. I just need to have like a fox turn into a really hot chick, fuck a guy, take like take his life force, and then get caught and fart and run away. Like, <laughs> that is so ridiculous. I, I'm sh- I feel like there's already like an anime of that. I'm sure. I am sure this it is Japanese, and I'm sure there is a very disturbing version of this. And like some anime, there is a very disturbing thing where someone fucked, you know, fucked a fox. Yeah. Probably in the fox form. Like they probably even waited to turn to a woman. They were just like, yeah, this fucking a fox. Um, okay, so we also have oh. Dauchina, who uh, I'm probably mispronouncing that is D-A-U-C-I-N-A, and that is Fiji seafaring god, who was known for his prowess at seducing women using lies and half-truths to get into the women to the beds of these women who couldn't help it they had to fuck him you know they had to you probably maybe this one wasn't farting as much um but so the people who uh who who did end up sleeping with him though are said to have long-term health problems if they continue to sleep with him therefore young women were warned to avoid dochina and identify him by his unnaturally cold penis Oh, so he was a vampire. <laughs> I guess it may be. I mean, you cold, you cold vampire dip. You know that that is that is a possibility. Um, we also have Coco Pele, which you probably know if you ever seen like the Keith Harding works. That's one that everybody's kind of familiar with. Yeah. Um, it's a deity and a symbol of fertility, recognized by several Native American groups. Uh, like other fertility gods, is known to preside over both agriculture and childbirth. And is typically depicted as a flute player with a prominent humpback. As a fertility god, he is also sometimes shown to have a huge erect phallus. So the flute playing, I think, is a a double entendre of of the flute that he is playing. Um, In some figures, though, he also has protrusions on his head, which are thought to represent antennas. And there are also images that show him to have club feet and knobby knees. So he was not, not, not the, uh, the, the sexy, the sexy one. He was not, yeah, yeah, he's, he's got a big dick. 
So he's got a hunchback and some club feet, but his dick's really big. So I mean, yeah, you know, some priorities. Yep. And we're gonna we're gonna end the trickster tales with Azaban, who is the trickster raccoon. Because what? There's a trickster raccoon. Of course there is. Yes. Um, and this is told amongst two tribes that I have never heard of, and I'm going to butcher your name. Sorry if you're a member of these tribes uh, or these clans. So this was told among the Abenaki and the Penobscot tribes. And we're going to end with the tale that explains how the raccoon came to have the black rings around their eyes. This is the quote from the source that I don't have written down, but it'll be in the show notes. Uh, In this tale, he came across, so this is a raccoon. Uh, In this tale, he came across two blind men who decided to leave town and take care of themselves so as not to be a burden to anyone else. What nice blind men. Another god called Glooscap took pity on them and provided them with a rope and a bucket to help them fetch water. Azabon saw this gift as an opportunity for mischief. He moved their bucket from the water into sand, and when the first blind man pulled on the rope, he got nothing but sand, leading him to believe the river had run dry. Mm. When the second blind man went to fetch water, he replaced the bucket in the water, and he came back with a bucket full of water and blamed his friend for being lazy. This caused him to fight, and eventually Glooscap came along to mediate their quarrels. He saw Azabon rolling around on the ground, laughing his heart out, and decided to teach the raccoon a lesson. He took hot coal from the fire and marked black circles around his eyes and tails, and he still has them to this day so that everyone knows he's a bandit. Oh. And that is how raccoons got their eyes and their tails. Oh. In case everybody was wondering, that's that's really what happened. That is that is how. That's actually how it occurred. That that is accurate. It is fucking accurate. Scientific accuracy. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I think if you you kind of look at that and then look at what Bobby says, they actually did a lot of research into tricksters from what I read up on the episode too. Um, that it's pretty accurate in terms of just this is what they're going to do. They want to cause trouble. They're going to play on, you know, what you have. Although Richard Spate's dick isn't shown in this episode. I'm assuming it's huge. I know if, 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 if um, I know you have a wife and her name is, they call her Machete on the show. So I uh, know offense to Machete, but if you want to send me a dick pic, Richard, just to like prove whether or not that's true, cool with it. Uh, if your penis is cold, I mean, I don't know if it is, but you know, Having cold dick seems like a really bad problem. So anyway, it doesn't, it doesn't sound ideal. It doesn't. No, that's that's shrinkage and, and all sorts of things. Um, but then again, I mean, in a really hot summer, like a cold dick could be like, you know, exhilarating and refreshing. You know what I need? I just need me some cold dick. <laughs> uh, oh, good lord it is so hot outside i could really use me a cold phallus just to, and, and then like and then you could see the cold phallus and fart <laughs> this is the book like, this is gonna go down as our classiest episode ever semen farting and cold penises yep yeah. All right. So they are talking and, and, and alien probing. So there we go. Alien, we gotta, we gotta well, did the, were the aliens probes cold? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. They didn't say. They just said it happened a lot. All right. So we cut to our um, janitor. Yeah. They've determined. Did they just? I have. Oh, it's a janitor in my notes. Um, I don't know if they figured it out yet, but they have. But. The they're, show they're, they're piecing you. together. Yeah, we cut to the janitor as they're we think they're starting to piece together like the one thing that ties everybody together, and we cut to our janitor and he's chilling in his like red silk, <laughs> red silk boxers, in his kind of cool but kind of awful apartment. It's a little bit of no, it's amazing. It's amazing. Like okay, it's not a place I want to live. Yes. It's a place I want to stay for like a week. It's like his apartment Absolutely. looks like the W, like with less Euro beats, like less Euro trash music pumping up that's what his apartment reminds me of yeah. so and it's like he's, everything's well, I mean, red black and white and he's reading our everyone's favorite tabloid the weekly world news and it's talking about all of these incidents that we have been following so that's kind of funny and he's got a dog gonna, he's got a dog he's got pie he has cakes he has and a then, whole fancy food spread and then he just conjures up two bitches 
Yeah. Those are women, not dogs. Um, just so you know, just sorry. to be clear. The dog could have been a sorry. bitch. We don't know if, we don't know she, the gender yeah, we were, of the they dog. Were clear. I'm sorry, that was very inappropriate and not um, um pro woman of me to say. I was just well, no, because they're not real, they, they're just like random. They're but, not real, and eventually we find out they are badass bitches. Like eventually, you, you know, even though so he, he conjures up to scantily clad females. There he does. Lingerie models. And I did read, uh, so, uh, shit, why am I spacing on the name of the guy who plays Bobby? Uh, it'll come to me in a second and I'll shout it out like I have Tourette's. No offense to you, Tourette's. Uh, but uh, he said, you know, during this, he was like, man, like, it was really hard working with these ladies because he was like, they're just, he's like, you know, I'm a married man, but they're just there in their underwear and it was yeah. kind of hard to concentrate like two very attractive women just like hanging chilling out in their, with, chilling in their <laughs> chilling in lingerie chilling in their lingerie um but yeah uh so we're gonna go like so we have this thing and we're gonna go back to the campus now right yeah and so the brothers are now there with the with the janitor and they said that they're checking on offices and um and they're trying to play it off, but obviously they're trying to research to see if the janitor is the one that's behind all of this. So Sam kind of breaks away and um, goes to the janitor's locker looking for clues and finds the copy of the weekly world news. And, um, but doesn't really find any other evidence, no sweets or anything. So the brothers go out there, the brothers go have a big argument outside. That's, and you see the janitor watching them. Sam wants evidence. Dean wants to just get shit done. Like, Oh, situation normal, shocking. And so apparently I'll like Sam goes to look for more evidence, supposedly, but like they're like apparently a large amount of time elapses here. Cause we go from like daylight to suddenly it's nighttime. And Dean's still like walking around campus by himself, like kind of keeping tabs on the janitor. So he goes to find goes into the building looking straight for the janitor as if he's like, I'm over this shit. Let's like let's go do this. And he has a stake ready. And then all of a sudden you start hearing music playing in the background. And you hear music, you know, but you don't just hear music. You hear Barry. You do. Can't get enough for your love, babe. <laughs> and so it's this. It's coming from one of the lecture halls, and so he goes in, and there's two the two girls, uh, two women in their lingerie on a fancy bed, on the the lecture stage, and there's a martini set up. There's fucking lava lamps. It's 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 right up Dean's alley, swanky swanky kitschy fun well and also so they're in front of a chalkboard and apparently originally there was something really good on this chalkboard which i think yeah. was like the study of sex or something like that but standards and practices wouldn't let it go fucking commies so i don't know actually what was on there but i'm assuming it was somebody drew pictures of penises that is because that's, that's what, what i assume that's what I assume. I mean, also, you give me a chalkboard and some chalk, and I'm going to draw a dick. Like, that's. <laughs> I, what else do you do with the leg? I mean, that's just your natural. That's everyone's natural instinct, right? I mean, that's not just me. That's just you. I'm sure it's not just you, but. I don't know if it's everybody's instinct. Oh, okay. I, oh. I thought everybody would just like want to randomly draw penises everywhere, but okay. So Dean says, Are you girls real? And the girls say something that grossed me out. And I don't know why, but it seemed real gross to me. And it's, trust me, it's going to feel real. Yeah, that's gross. Now it's your turn. You're trying to make a face. I was like, huh, huh. yeah, yeah, that's gross. And then they want to make him a massage and he makes a happy ending joke because of course he does. Anyways. So um, the janitor shows up and basically is like, hey, yeah, these are my peace offering to you. I know what you and your brother do. I want you guys to walk away. Uh, let me do what I'm doing and then I'll move on to another city. That's just this because this yep. is what I do. Yep. And he also said, so he goes, the people have what coming to them. They're hoisted on their own petards, which I had to look up because I was like, what the fuck is a petard? Um, so I actually I was like, okay, what, what is this? And so apparently this is something that comes from Shakespeare, um, from Hamlet. And mm -hmm. so it's, he's, and I was like, oh yeah, I don't remember this from, from doing Hamlet, but, um, because I really didn't like that play that much. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, one of the people, the person who played uh, Gildenstern, or mm -hmm. one of them is is the guy who's on Psych. 
uh, so I went to high school with him and we did a Hamlet together. And, uh, and so, yeah, the guy who, the main character from Psych was, was in that. Uh, but anyway, so basically it means to be injured, ruined, or defeated by one's own action, device, or plot that was intended to harm another, or basically falling victims to your, your own trap or schemes. Like, so you try and do something and then you, it fucks you over. So you're like, ah. and that's what uh, happened with all of these people. That's they were, they all yeah. had like these like terrible tendencies and that's what their, their bad, yep. their immoral choices came back on them in, in the same form of what they did wrong. Yeah. But a petard was a small bomb made of a wooden or a metal or wooden box that was filled with explosive powder. So, which sounds like a great present to give somebody if you're going to go into like prank wars, like here's a box of stuff and like, ah! <laughs> oh. uh, all right so so yeah. we're going into so, the yeah. there he's got the piece already in, but dean of course is like yeah you can't do this but I, I can't do that i can't let you go but i do dig your style with the girls and the slow dancing alien so of course we get a reference that the and janitor is very proud of that it's slow dancing alien by the way um yep. so um the janitor says to, to dean because dean's, dean's challenged him now is that you know sam was right you shouldn't have come here alone but then, ta-da! ta-da, Sam and Bobby walk in. And that's when the janitor figures out that the fight was fake, which I kind of knew. Um, I wasn't sure, but I kind of knew because they've been such dicks to each other. But I'm like, mm, this doesn't sound like your regular fight. And then um, then the janitor conjures this like crazy ass like Texas chainsaw massacre creature with a fucking chainsaw. So we've got a axe chainsaw wielding dude, and then the chicks we go like all MMA on Dean. Yeah. And it's apparently, great. yeah, apparently, apparently these chicks are badasses, and they are going to beat the fuck out of Dean. And um, they punched him in directly into a motorboat moment. I don't know if you noticed that, but he got. Punched I missed. I actually, I didn't. I missed the motorboat. Well, he got punched by one, and went and his face went straight into the other's cleavage, like full yeah. in there. So it was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, our our bazooms are our weapons yeah they got punched into a motorboat um bobby's state gets cut in half with a chainsaw um and um they're kind of like this a fight is going kind of questionably and then sam's able to throw a stake to dean and dean stabs the trickster and as he does that the trickster aka janitor as he does that all the creatures and the girls kind of fizzle out and disappear um dean's like oh he had style so um and then uh, Bobby's like, let's get the hell out of Dodge before someone finds that body. So, yeah, so they just leave the corpse. They leave They're the body gonna... in the middle of the fucking lecture hall of the, of the janitor. Seems well, super weird. Yeah, you know, especially when you're on the run from the law, whatever. But I guess enough, right. like, enough things have happened in this town as of late that they're probably like, okay, like, here's another weird thing. But. right so but it's kind of funny so like bobby's like come on we gotta get the fuck out of here guys before we get in trouble and then they get out to the car and they're getting in the car and they have another like awkward moment where they like it's their apology without actually saying i'm sorry to each other it's it's very very winchester bro and very annoying but either way it's very yeah winchester. there was a lot of they, they were i fucking i i apologizing oh i was just saying God. i fucking but it's a yeah, lot but- of a lot of staring and pausing and then Bobby like voices everything that we would like to say. And he's just like, right. you're breaking my heart. Get in the goddamn get the fucking car. car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have to get the fuck out of here. Come on. So they do. And then we cut, then they drive off. And as we cut back to the lecture hall, we see someone walking towards the janitor's body. And what is it? It's the actual janitor. And the fake janitor is the one that got stabbed and he fizzles away and dissipates into nothing. So the janitor's body, was an illusion. The trickster is still there. It was all an illusion. All an illusion. illusion. He's alive. Illusion. Oh. Yeah. Illusion. So that's it. <laughs> so that's it. That's it. Uh, so tales. that tells us that we will. Um, hear more from this motherfucker maybe we don't know i mean there 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 is probably a reason why he hosts all the cops you know maybe but he also he direct i mean richard spate goes on he directs um a ton of episodes besides being a cast member um he also directed a ton of lucifer and he also directed uh a couple episodes of walker texas ranger so uh very prolific uh super cool dude i like him 
Very cool. Even if his penis is cold. Good lord. Uh, so, I mean, overall thoughts. I mean, I don't. So, in a way, this is a good thing because it's a break, right? We're not, we're not pushing Sam. I am evil storyline further, but we're also oh, gonna have to sure. listen to them whine about it. So, oh god, yeah. The palate to be a is a palate down. cleanser. Absolutely agree with that. I think it was a really, um, uh, it was a good uh, diversion because I feel like we were kind of getting just like. First, it was everything like, oh my God, dad, dad, fucking John. And then we got past, like, we aren't past that, obviously, I'm sure. But at the same time, then it was like, oh, kill me. I'm evil. Oh, you're not evil. I'm going to show you. Oh, but I'm emotionally distressed. <laughs> and then, you know, just this back and forth. And so it's just been kind of exhausting. And then now it's like, okay, we got like, yeah, they were picking at each other, but they were like acting like normal siblings and they were dealing with. A, an interesting case and it was funny and how they both perceive each other and all that it was really fun yeah Super fun. and bobby was there so it makes everything better yeah so we got bobby we got some humor we've got just you know it was just to me it's like it's just a really fun episode i mean i agree doesn't serve a lot of purpose at least now like from you know the season but also i think you know halfway through the season you kind of need this right like hey let's let's pick things up in a different direction let's give some you know let's make it different I agree. I like it. I like it. I approve. It was very enjoyable. Diana approves. Okay. I don't think we have anything else to say. That's all I got. All right. Well, cheers, jerk. Cheers, bitch. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Devil's Trap Podcast, Twitter, Devil's Trap Pod, or you can email us, Devil's Trap at Devil's Trap Podcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and share it with all your friends. We're available at all your major podcast listening devices, or you can always find us at devilstrappodcast.com. Thanks. Devil's Trap Podcast is a don't be a dick production. Meow. Intro music, arrangement and performance by Dave Cox. Piano arrangement and performance by Bobby Orozco. Meow. Meow.